Hello and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast, where each episode we go back and we check out a Netflix original film in the order of release. Today we have Netflix 106th film. It's the 2018 teen comedy drama Sierra Burgess is a Loser. It's directed by Ian Samuels. It stars Shannon Purser, Christine Froseth, RJ Siler, and Noah Centino. I am Jesse, and as usual, hello MJ. Hello Jesse, how you going? Good, 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 good. I'm um getting there always good to catch up with you and and have a chat it sort of breaks the week up and uh, gives us something to to do so i enjoy that well we are still very much in lockdown in melbourne if uh if anyone doesn't know we we couldn't leave the house to go to the shops and that's about it at the moment so it is kind of this is not only is this uh, nice to catch up this is like one of my very few outlets at the moment as well so it's good 100%. 100%. It gives me um, some human interaction rather than um, baby talk. So <laughs> I thoroughly enjoy, thoroughly enjoy actually speaking. So if I um, start talking goo goo gaga, it's because I'm just trying to switch back and forth. <laughs> uh, I would welcome it. Good. Well, we, um, we start our show with our fast flicks and that's where we do our own little summary of the film. So MJ, what's your, your fast flicks for this one? So Sierra Burgess is a loser is basically about the unpopular band geek who accidentally finds herself in contact with the hottest guy in town. And despite the connection they have, she hides who she truly is and she discovers a whole new side of herself in the process. Hmm, that makes it sound like a nice movie. I liked that. Uh, I, I, str- <laughs> I, struggled, I struggled with this one. I'm, mine's not very wordy at all. I've, all I've said is uh, a girl catfishes a guy. That's <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah uh, i mean uh, yeah that's i don't know that's the story that's all I'm, I'm taking from it so um let's uh let's kick it off with what we we could work out about this one this one had a, a good little story which i'm li- looking forward to hearing your narration of it i think it's probably worth doing a spoiler alert now as well actually um yes. if we uh if you haven't seen Sierra burgess's loser you are interested in seeing it uh we're going to spoil this film uh basically throughout the whole conversation, but probably starting right now. So uh, give it a watch and, and then tune back in and see what we thought of it. So, um, you know, I, I, you'd know I've actually seen this one, didn't you, Jesse? I, I, yes. I, I watched this one. End, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I historically yeah. watched this film after Collingwood in the AFL lost the grand final in 2018 and I, I got on the train and I probably didn't say a word for the whole train trip home and I got home and, I didn't know what, like, what do you do? Like you, <laughs> you're hollow. And I'm like, I just need to watch like this, like a random romantic comedy sort of thing. And this movie had just come out. So this is my, that was my first interaction with Sierra Burgess is a loser. And you know what? Watching it again, I, I barely remembered any of it. Like when, uh, when she gave him the fake number at the start, I was just like, Oh yeah, I forgot about that. And it's like the whole crux of the movie. So well, fair you, to say, you would, have, you would have been in, you would have been in such a, a poor state of mind after that that um, it doesn't surprise me. I'm really shocked and surprised that this is what you put on after that. So um, yeah, good on you. I didn't. Yeah, I couldn't have put something that I. I just it would have. I guess it would have tainted anything I already liked. So I just put on something that uh, that I didn't have to think about. And, and obviously, I didn't think at all. So that's my experience with this movie. But. Um, so the film came out in 20, 7th of September, 2018. So that actually holds up with my timeline that I was talking about. Um, it was first announced back in September, 2016. It's a modern retelling of Cyrano de Bergerac story. So that was a play from 1897. I had certainly never heard of that play, but doing a little bit of research, it is about 
a man who I just said his name, <laughs> who was in the French army. He's a brash, strong-willed man of many talents. Um, basically, he's got this obnoxiously large nose, which causes him to have a lot of self-doubt. Um, that doubt prevents him from expressing his love for his distant cousin. Let's ignore the fact that it's his cousin. Um, but he believes that his ugliness is going to prevent him from um, any sort of true love that he's ever going to have. And he, he, even the ugliest woman wouldn't fall in love with him. So that's, that's, the, that's what this is based on, right? Someone who... It's a modern retelling of a story of someone who doesn't think that they're worth finding love with anyone who might be somewhat attractive. So there you go. Obviously didn't know that going into the film. I don't think it really changes anything when you watch the film, but I, I guess the story is an old one if we wanted to know that. So that was September, 2016. Uh, Ian Samuels, who actually ended up directing the film basically came on board back then. Lindsay Beer wrote the, wrote the, um, wrote the screenplay. So that was September, 2016. A lot of stuff sort of happened in between all that. And from what I can gather, it was January, 2018 when Netflix had acquired the rights to the film. So, I believe that this was meant to be a big studio romantic comedy. Um, things didn't go to plan. They basically got a lot of budget sliced, a lot of their big ideas they couldn't do. Um, and they and they had to really streamline what was possible. So you've got this initial story that's going to be a big, great studio romantic comedy. And they had to make that at a fraction of the cost. And I think that's probably really worth noting that going into this, that <laughs> they probably had to cut some corners making this film. And I think we're going to get to a point where we, we, we discuss how that actually impacted watching the film. So there's a few little things that I looked into that. So the climax of the film wasn't necessarily supposed to be at the football game. Um, they were meant to do that at the final dance. Now, if you actually watch the film, you realize they don't even really have, have a final dance. They kind of get to the front door and the, and the movie ends. So there was meant to be a big public reveal of, Sierra and Jamie and all this kind of stuff. So they were sort of hamstrung a little bit with um, with all that kind of stuff. And before I, I haven't really taken a breath, Jesse. So sorry, I've just been oh, yeah, talking good. the whole time. But the other, the only other thing that came out of that was that Noah Centino, who we kind of know now that he's he's pretty popular, heartthrob kind of guy. But back when they started this film, he actually auditioned for the role of Spence, which was that douchey ex college boyfriend of Veronica. Um, but when they when he read for the role, he was so charming in the room, and you know they were well aware that they they needed the Jamie character to be someone that the audience likes, um, which is which is a, probably a bit of a feat. And, and Noah Centino became the obvious choice for that. So I find that interesting. It kind of gave him a little bit of a kick up the bum for his career as well. So he's done some good things in really similar roles. Let's be honest, but he's a popular man and he's he's done well. So there's a little bit here, and I'm sure you've got a little bit more as well. Oh, I might struggle to add anything further. That was um really really good. The no sense. So did all the boys? So all the boys I loved before came out before this. But I'm guessing this was made before that. Just I, yeah, just, I was sort of thinking that as well. Um, mm. if not at the very similar time, but it's not like he had any stock when he when he got this role. No. Okay. Good. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I haven't. That I just thought that story that you you mentioned that it was based on from eighteen ninety seven. I thought that was a yeah an interesting sort of draw to 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 make those connections. Um, the I, I looked up a couple of different um, titles for the film in different languages, <laughs> uh, just just for a little bit of difference and a little bit of variety. Uh, in um, Greek, it's called Sierra Burgess is a stranger, which I oh which is obviously yeah, yeah that's weird. a bad translation and. Um, in Vietnamese, they, they go straight to the point. They, they call it Sierra Burgess, 
the loser. <laughs> bit, bit harsh, very harsh on top of that. Um, I'm, yeah, I think um, like I, I, when, when the credits rolled at the start of this one, I was, when I saw Alan Ruck's name and I saw Leah Thompson's name, I, I was like, oh, awesome. Like, you know, the, these, these famous sort of um, people that you know from these family types of movies, like, you know, Ferris Bueller and um, Back to the Future, that I, I was just, oh, this, this could be an exciting sort of thing. So I, I liked that, that draw of those names to start off with. Um, That's fair. It, it, this did have a, a premiere in Hollywood um, at the end of August before it hit Netflix. So um, a week before Netflix, it, it had a, a big premiere, obviously filmed in and around LA. Um, it was nominated for a couple of awards. So it was nominated for the best music supervision in a television limited series or movie at the Guild of Music Supervisors Award. Um, and it was also nominated at the same awards for the best song um, for that song, Sunflower. Which, Sunflower? Yeah, yeah which... Um, yeah, I might mention um, that Sunflower song a little bit later on. Uh, just, just some thoughts on that one. But um, yeah, that's, that's, that's about all I've got for that one. So what about some consensus? What have, what have, you, what have you been able to find for this one? Yeah, it's, this is one of those ones where IMDb and Letterboxd are quite, quite different. So it's got a pretty honest 5.8 out of 10 on IMDb, uh, over 33,000 ratings. So a lot of people have seen it. A lot of people have rated it 5.8. Let's call 5.8 par. Like, if you saw something 5.8, it's not going to scare you away. It's it's not a bad score. Um, Letterboxd is two out of five, which is significantly lower than the 5.8 out of ten. Like, 41 and a half thousand ratings on Letterboxd, so more than IMDb. Everyone kind of checked it out, but man, if you look at the little graph on Letterboxd that's got the table of of all the ratings, it is so far to the left. It's embarrassing. So. Um, didn't didn't quite hit the mark on the letterbox audience, but IMDb, you know, didn't mind it. Yeah, well, Google users they didn't mind it either. They had it at seventy seven percent, so you know, above average. But um, Rotten Tomatoes, it was actually fresh uh, on thirty eight reviews, okay. which is which is a high amount of views for some of the Netflix films that we see. Sixty one percent, so um, mm-hmm. that's yeah, definitely fresh. But the audience on the other side had it at thirty percent, um, and that's on. Wow. Uh, uh, 1300 um, reviews but that's um that's a big differential between the the audience and the critics on um, Rotten Tomatoes so yeah th- that's even way lower than the IMDb for audience so yeah very very um mm. yeah I guess yeah again it's just about the demographics of who's going on where to to work out their ratings I guess yeah I mean those those critic scores actually surprised me but I mean again you're looking at 38 people which is enough to get a consensus I agree but it's still 38 people. I mean, at the end of the day, that's, you know, that's not even mm. close to one cinema with people like, so, um, but it does surprise me that it got scored that well with, with critics. Good. All right. Well, time for our early thoughts on this one. So what, what are you thinking for this? I, this is kind of a strange one. Like I, I think there are a couple of moments in the film with decent humor. I definitely think it explores some really important themes. Um, particularly for teenagers who are dealing with these issues. And I think a lot of it was quite relatable, but it just loses itself somewhere along the way. And the main protagonist's story is, is, is really disjointed and, and her actions end up being so misguided and like somewhat malicious that I don't know why it, it ended up with this happy ending. I, I just don't think it, or I don't think she deserved it. And I, I was, I was enjoying the film to some level when I was watching it and then I, I finished and I was just sort of scratching my head. Like it just took this bizarre turn and just never resolved itself. And I wonder if all that talk about them having to streamline the film and 
having to change everything when the budget got cut. They just didn't know what to do with that. So they just tried and put it all together and that was the result because it was, it was odd. Yeah, you, you've, you've put together my early thoughts and my final thoughts almost all in the one sort of, <laughs> sort of bunch. Um, this was like disgusting, to be honest. Um, I found it quite offensive, um, really poorly structured. Main character was so unlikable that I didn't want her to succeed. Um, and to me, that that's all you need to dislike a film. So, um, yeah, I've got quite a few issues with this, which we'll, we'll go through, I'm sure, um, as we move on, move on a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, but some yeah strong um, firm words for me because, and uh, mainly I probably um, the more I looked back on this after I'd like like and you're watching like oh yeah I'm I'm going along with this and then I went back over my notes and I mm. go oh wow oh wow was that actually a line of dialogue was that something that the character said was that some actions that she did like I was like how how did how did I so blindly like not reflect on this as I was watching it I needed to actually think about it afterwards to pick it up that sort of um, worried me of myself personally almost. That's interesting because I, I made the point and I stand by like when I was watching it, I was kind of like, this is fine. This is fine. This mm. is fine. And then it just went weird. And I was like, oh, that didn't really work. And that's kind of where I end with it. And I'm looking forward to seeing what you come back with with this because, yeah, maybe you just on a on a really over overview of watching a film, you just don't think that deeply about it. And it just, you know, oh, okay, that was sort of funny. Oh, okay, that's I get that. Yeah. I would have done that in high school. Like maybe, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what you come out with with this. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. If we had, if we weren't talking about it, I probably would have been like, oh, you know, mm. see someone. Oh, yeah, that was okay. Fine. But now I, yeah, now yeah. I've gone, oh, oh no, nah, I've got big issues. Um, <laughs> I guess we, we'll, we'll, we'll segue into the characters because we'll, I'm going to start off with Sierra. And I've just made yep. like, I, I mentioned that she frustrated me massively. So the things that really annoyed me with her were, so she starts off by catfishing. She mm. pretends to be deaf to continue this catfishing. She says that she's yep. going to put schizophrenia on a college application to stand out. You know, that that's horrible. She's tricking people into kiss, tricking people into kissing her. She's hacking into mm. social media accounts and then sharing these photos to humiliate people. Like how the hell can you like this character or want her to succeed? Like mm. just so poorly put together. Like that, like that, that is literally what I remember from her as a character. And I'm like, yuck. Like, yeah. Mm. <laughs> No, you, you, you bang on. I, I think that's that's the biggest problem with this film is that it just leave, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth by the end of the movie. Uh, I don't think anyone likes what she did. And, and let's... Not that you can overlook some of the smaller things, but it's it's mainly that, that final act of betrayal with uh, Veronica. Is that her name, Veronica? Yeah. Mm. Um, that's, that's awful what she did. Um, I just don't know where it came from and i'm not buying this happy ending one bit um before that her story i guess before before the death thing like maybe the death thing was the turning point because that was that was pretty bad when she pretended that she was deaf i didn't know where that was going but before that point her story is kind of cool in a way that it's the girl who had never even really thought about boys um, I think everyone just assumed that she was gay almost as well. And I, I enjoy seeing her dip her toe into that feeling of, of that first sort of crush and it felt normal and it felt familiar. And I think that actually kind of worked. And I think that's why the story does go along quite nicely until you just get to these depths of this character where you're just like, this is bizarre. Like, this is not how you should. Well, you know what? Maybe it is how people react, but you don't give them a happy ending at the end of it. 
So, yeah, like, at, at the same time, that really frustrated me that what because she's a, an obese character who's apparently a loser, like people assume that she's a lesbian. That's like another like really poor um, thing to to put in a film, like for a character. Like that doesn't it doesn't make you like like the film or the characters around her because you're using these these terms in a derogatory way where you want you want to be like especially if you're aiming at this teenage audience you want to be saying it's okay it doesn't matter who you are you shouldn't be using that as a negative connotation i guess and um yeah i i, I yeah i don't know i was just so confused it was nice to see and be like okay the i think the gist that they wanted was that yes she's not your typical looking girl um everyone's beautiful for who they are and this, we're going to talk about this at some stage anyway but um yeah they, they, they didn't they didn't play with that the whole way they it just turned like you mentioned it whatever scene it's from or wherever it's from like at mm. the start you can say okay this is nice she's gonna have a happy ending because she's not the typical person who falls in love and finds love and this is gonna be nice but mm. it gets so confuddled along the way that it it blows out any of that niceties that you, you think you might have for it yeah i think you're right i i, I don't necessarily think that the whole idea of people thinking she was gay was to do with how she looked. I think it was more to do with the fact that she'd never expressed any sort of interest in, in, in guys. And again, that whether that's a good or a bad thing or not, I don't think it's, I don't think it's as derogatory as it might be. Oh, you're, you're fat and ugly. So you must be gay. I think it's just like, here's this girl that's either a really late bloomer or she's just not interested or maybe she is gay. And that's what people talk about and think about. So I, I think that was, yeah, I, they, you know what? They probably didn't even have to put it in. I think it's mm. it's a, it doesn't add anything to the story. But I, I just did like the idea of this girl who's probably what seventeen, eighteen, and and just figuring out like, okay, this is a nice feeling. I want to chase this feeling, and I think that kind of part of the story was something they had to keep going with. They didn't have to turn her into, holy shit, how do I deal with this feeling? Oh, I'm just gonna do this. Oh, I'm just gonna say this. Like, no, nah, didn't. And I don't know if half of that was to do with humor as well. And we might even get to that with scenes because <laughs> I think we're gonna have a few that didn't work. Yep. But, you know, let's, the death scene, for example, has to have been someone sitting there going, this is going to be really funny. And it was, it was terrible. But mm-hmm. when, you, when you're trying to put a scene in for humour, it doesn't work. That, that means the character pops an absolute beating as well. So that's where they've got that room mm-hmm. too. Good. Uh, well, who else would you like to talk about character-wise? <laughs> uh, next, next, I think, I think, look, you could almost throw a blanket over them. But Jamie um, being the, the main love interest in the film, Firstly, I, I just it annoys me how he spells his name. That's just ridiculous. J A M E Y. I saw it on one of the messages, and then obviously looked on IMDb and like, yep, that's that's how he spells his name. Ridiculous. Come on, um, <laughs> but I can overlook that. So I like the slightly different take on the whole high school quarterback. Uh, he was a bit awkward. He was a deep thinker. He was searching for that emotional connection, but he was still motivated by looks enough at the start to ask for Veronica's number in the first place. He still had that, that swagger and that bravado that allowed him to be so confident when he asks her out, even when he waves her at football games, like no one does that when they're on the footy field, <laughs> like who waves at people. And did they do a good enough job to convince me that he would end up with Sierra? Probably not. Would I have been okay with it if they didn't stuff up some of the other parts? Maybe, but Maybe, yeah. again, they, they make similar issues. They have similar problems with with Jamie they do with Sierra and I don't know if some of them come from them stuffing up the Sierra character in the first place but to their credit Noah Centino is super charming and that comes across nicely yeah I, I completely agree I think like him as a cat like he was so genuine and um you know he was falling for a girl that he liked and the, I didn't find anything wrong with that at all and the, the, I think I don't know whether this was something that was 
I picked up when you're talking that the title of the film is Sierra Burgess is a loser. So the emphasis of this film is that she is a loser. Um, but they set his character up, Jamie, as being a loser as well. Like they, they specifically mentioned this multiple times throughout the film. So I didn't understand what the big deal about her being a loser was in the first place because it wasn't like, you know, she's ending up with someone that she shouldn't be ending up with because they've got this whole um, idea that he's a loser as well. So I found that really confusing um, myself just because, I, yeah, I don't know, like like you mentioned, he, he, liked, he had the sports side of things. He was really grounded, all that sort of stuff. But they kept like even if they just set it up in that diner at the start of him hanging out with people and the girls being like, Oh, they're losers. But even when they get to the party, like it's like, Oh, you know, losers, 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 just continually. I'm like, mm. I, I'm not comfortable with them throwing that word around like that. I think that's the issue. Yeah. Look, I, I think they do a good job of telling you he's a loser. I think they do a bad job of showing you he's a loser. Yeah. Like he's, he's a cool guy. And I, I think that takes away from, people who can be cool guys and still be down to earth. I, I, I think that's, yeah, I, I can believe that emotionally and even mentally he's stimulated by Sierra and there is an attraction there from that connection they have, but I don't think they need to be like, Oh no, he's actually a loser. Yeah. He's a quarterback, but he's a loser. It's like, no, that's, mm-hmm. it's not like that. Right. Like I, I can understand how they can have that connection without you telling me he's a loser. Like it, it didn't, didn't sit as well with me either. Um, all right, Veronica, I've got next the, this uh, mean girl sort of thing. I, I think she was probably my favorite character in the film because you actually got to see some development of her. You got to see her change a little bit, um, got to see the growth. And as much as, and I'll probably talk about in this scene, the scenes, the the first, you know, 15 minutes of her, I completely hated. Um, but mm. maybe me hating that led to me feeling more for her as the film went on. But I, I, I really appreciated um, actually seeing someone change because I didn't really see that in anyone else. Well, you've got similar thoughts to me. Like I... I think we could have benefited from, from seeing the, the character development a little bit more from her because if you look at where she started and where she finished, as you said, significant character change. Um, but how much do we actually see to actually believe you that she made that jump? So at the end, she actually feels like pretty real and a very rounded character. And at the start, she's almost like this parody of a high school bitch. And I, I, I had more issues believing who she was at the start than who she was at the end like it didn't it didn't make there wasn't enough that happened in the film to make me think you know what she actually she actually was that high school bitch it just it starts off with her being like this cartoon character ends up with her being the most well-rounded character in the movie and it just doesn't add up with that it's the same person so i think they had that one scene where they had the skype call and all of a sudden they started laughing and it's like bang she changed like I agree. Yeah, yeah. I liked her by the end of it, I, I, but her at the start, that's, that's not the same person. And I don't know, that, that was a yeah. bit rough. Yeah. I, I think I liked the, the multiple times throughout where she did something that you wouldn't have expected her based on the start, like taking Sierra to the party and standing up to her mum and, and those types of things. And yeah, I, I, I agree with you saying that, you know, that there was almost like that click of the fingers and their friends sort of thing. Mm. Um, and that, that, that probably could have done that better. Definitely. Maybe don't make her like this ridiculous, mm. crazy bitch at the start that that you only see like 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 Mean Girls for example those girls are almost like a parody and it's funny because that's that's the tone of the film they made her like one of those characters but that was not kind of relevant with any other tone of this film they just kind of said oh, yeah you know those those bitches in Mean Girls yeah she's one of them ah, make her make her like a bit of a queen bee still make her a bitch but don't make her that that bad that you you, you can't see her coming back from that so yeah yeah, fair. All right. Any anyone else that you wanted to mention? 
Well, I've got Dan because, look, he, he's the, this is her, her best friend. Um, so he's, he's the nerdy type, but the nerdy type who's confident with who he is and doesn't care what people think about him. He's also kind of that bit anti-establishment and plays by his own rules. And he tends to create fun for himself in less fun situations. But I think his moral compass is actually quite sound throughout all that. He knows when to stop. He knows when to push. Um, and I, 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 I like RJ Siler as a character. I think as an actor, sorry, I think he's one of the best things about the Power Rangers movie. And in this movie, that really helped me like having that connection with him, still finding him really funny. Um, cause this movie needed me to have someone like that and, and it works. So I, I've just got to say that about Dan and RJ Sala. Yeah. He, he played that stereotypical, um, gay best friend character to a T like what you'd almost expect. Cause you needed someone for her to bounce off, um, at times. And yeah, I agree. I think he's, um, his uh, moral compass probably come up in some scenes for me later that, yeah, he was, mm. he was a good soundboard for her. All right. Um, did you want to talk about the director Ian Samuels at all? Did you have anything interesting about him? No, me no, not really. What, what just first, you? First, <laughs> first feature, done a few shorts, similar sort of story that we have every week for um, our directors. Yeah, on, there's a few of them. Yes. So we'll, we'll jump into our scenes then. So um, hit us off with some things that you, you didn't mind in this one. Yeah. So I, I liked the, I liked the phone call scene the very, the first phone call that Sierra and Jamie had, I think it created real chemistry. It, it captured a, a reality of that moment that does exist for people and the idea of that nervousness of taking that phone call and making that phone call. And I think if you, I think you do, you ignore the fact that he doesn't think that she is who she is and you just get lost in that, that chemistry. And I think they created that really well first up. So I think that was quite good. Um, from there, this, this is a scene that, that should have been a bad scene that I found myself laughing at by the end of it. For no other reason than I think RJ Sala is funny. That the track and field scene, which was ridiculous, and I didn't really like it. I did like the fact that the coach said, he's like, why is, why is she doing this? And he was just like, so we don't get sued. I kind of like the fact that the, the movie was aware of the fact that this is absolutely ridiculous. Um, but when, at the end, when she spewed, and you're like, uh, righto. Then when he spewed after she spewed, I just, that, that, that got me. It was one of the few times that I actually probably laughed. So. Um, well aware that it's not a great scene, but I, I had to mention it. So well done. Good, good comedic timing from RJ Sala with the spew. <laughs> um, and probably, uh, look, I've only really got one more scene. Um, and it's, it's after the, after the, all the tensions built from that football match. Um, you've got this sick feeling in your gut already because of what she's done. And, and she's done this really bad thing and you're not feeling good about it. And she comes home and you know, she's obviously not feeling good about it. I liked that line when she said to her mom or dad or both of them, do you have any idea what it's like to be a teenager and look like me? And regardless of whether you've got sympathy for her or not, I think that line has a lot of strength in it. And I think there's a lot of people watching this movie that would, would probably feel exactly the same way, whether they should or they shouldn't. I think there's a lot of people that would feel the same way. And I think it was important for her to say that out loud, to speak that. The song, when she played, it, it kind of goes into her playing the song for her dad and the song itself doesn't, didn't do anything for me, but that, that strength of character that she showed to talk to her dad about it and be honest with her dad about it, I think was really important. Um, and I actually, I think is one of the strongest suits of the film. I think, as I said, the film actually discusses some really important issues. I think the story is kind of all over the place and the character development's a bit strange, but I think it's important to, to take out the small pieces that, that are important and, and I think this was. 
yeah very nicely nicely said um that that end of that you know when she actually has that moment and tells her parents that and then goes off to her room i was like frustrated because i was like why didn't either of those parents go up to check on her? Like, it was like, they just let her mm. go. And I was like, I was like, I just, I wanted those parents to walk in that door and like, you know, give her, you know, just sit on the side of the bed and pat her or something just to give her that reassurance. Yeah. Cause it was, it was a very lonely um, situation for her. Um, it's a powerful line. It's such a powerful line. I think they, they chose it really well. All right. Um, all right. So a few of the things that uh, they're probably things I've already mentioned through the characters a little bit. And I mentioned that I really hated the, the start of, um, those mean girls, I guess. And, you know, losers only hanging out with mm. losers, but the, the Veronica scenes were the highlights for me. And I'm, that's probably because I liked her the most as a character, but, you know, seeing her home environment from that first moment that Sierra walks in that door with her and just looking at it going, Oh, this is not what I was expecting sort of thing to <laughs> seeing those little sisters and the dogs barking and just mm. it's so overwhelming for her where she just, you know, walks out and, and sort of breaks and goes into that room and, um, and then I, I like to follow up later where she stands up to her mum and says, I need you as my mum. I need you to just put everything in the past mm. behind. I, I really enjoyed those scenes. I thought they were nice. Um, as much as I thought that the the scenes where um, Sierra and um, Dan are, are going over to, to see um, Jamie and doing that signing, I must say when, um, when Jamie says, well, oh, you just called yourself a shit pizza or whatever. I must say, I did, I did have a giggle. I thought that that one little line was, <laughs> uh, was, was quite funny. Um, it's that Spence dude, just to actually see him at the party. I was like, it was the best looking dude in the film. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, that was, that was cool. Um, I thought at school, I, I like <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> at, at, um, at the school when Veronica comes up in the corridor and just like hugs Sierra and you know, she's all upset and she's like, can we talk? And I just thought that was nice. And then I thought Dan's response was really funny too. He's like, what the shit? Like, you know, why is she, why is she talking <laughs> yeah, to you? Yeah. I thought, I thought that was nice. Um, and finally I, at that end of that football game, when um, after what Sierra's done and Dan comes up and like calls her out saying, you know, what you did was wrong. I, I that goes in with those morals of his that we spoke about that. Yeah. I thought, I thought that was good. Yeah. Okay. That's um, me done with the things I liked. What are some things that you maybe didn't? Yeah, it's funny talking about this. I, I feel like there's a, <laughs> there's a few that I've missed. Um, and I'm looking forward to hearing you fill those gaps in me because I'm sure I will agree with them. But for me, pretending she's deaf is almost like, uh, that's the scene that you take out of this film is like the biggest, what the hell are you doing? Um, just insanity. Like, uh, the, the I, it's, it's a stupid character move, but it's also just a stupid... A story move for us to be like, oh, she's pretending she's deaf so she can get out of this conversation. But we know that she, he's got a deaf brother, so we know it's going to end up badly. It was just sloppy. It treated the audience like an idiot. Um, and I didn't like it one bit. So um, I could keep talking about that one until I'm blue in the face. <laughs> bad, bad scene. I didn't like it when um, the start of the football match where they're all on the bus and they came out of the bus during the day, mind you, completely in their, in their kits like boots and all ready to go. Like <laughs> firstly, it seems to be, we've got to wait for the sun to set before you actually play in this game. You're going to go to change rooms beforehand. Why, why are you not nine years old going to Oz, uh, going to, well, I say Oz kick, Oz kick. but uh, <laughs> like you, you wouldn't be wearing your full uniform. That was ridiculous. I don't like people, you know, I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent here. I'm rereading the Harry Potter books at the moment because it's obviously isolation. It's a nice thing to get stuck into. And the Harry Potter books are excellent. But the way that J.K. Rowling writes about Quidditch, 
drives me crazy. She writes about Quidditch like someone who's never played sport before. And some of the terms that she uses and some of the, like the G up things that she does it's, are so bad. And it, it's, it bothers me a little bit. And I feel like if you're going to make a high school movie and you're not in touch with the way high schoolers do things, or in this case, the sports side of high school, if you're not in touch with that, find out how they do it and do it right. Because it, it's a bad look. So <laughs> I know a lot of people would just not be bothered by that. Because this goes on with the next scene, right? Jamie gets crunched in that tackle uh, in the football game. Sierra and Veronica just run out to him. Two people that he barely even knows. I know he's been on like a date with Veronica. Sierra is just this deaf girl that he's never met. Run out onto the ground. None, none of his mates, like none of his own team are there. It's just these two girls, like it just was bad. I know they were trying to do it from a story perspective, but that, that whole sequence was just terrible. Um, so that didn't work for me as well. And then... Uh. Look, finally, this is probably like a culmination of everything to do with their relationship. But when he when he rocks up at her house to take her to prom or the formal or the dance, whatever it is, just doesn't sit well with me. And there they are talking and he's kind of trying to justify why why he's like, you know what? Yeah, you did the wrong thing, but uh, he couldn't justify it really. Like he didn't really call out all these massive red flags <laughs> that she had. Like this is a girl that doesn't know. Like he's never technically met her to look her in the face and she's done some bad things and he's just like yeah you know what it's fine it's like to me i'm looking at you going i don't trust you one bit so uh that didn't work for me actually i the other thing i should mention is the final scene where it says where are they now like oh i'm sorry i don't i don't have a connection with these characters or these aren't this is but not based on a true story telling me that so-and-so went to university and got it i don't care where they are now I did like I wrote all of them down and I was like the I wrote Jamie got a football scholarship to UCLA and teaches sign language in his own time. I, my note were <laughs> bitch, my my note was bitch please. Like like come on. <laughs> like come on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was terrible. So there's a there. I I I went on a bit of a rant there. Sorry. I didn't I wasn't expecting to get this fired up, but here we are. That was excellent. That was I, I would have I'm looking forward to re-listening to this. That was excellent. Um <laughs> So um, I got a couple of other little different ones, but I agree with everything you said. The like, like I mentioned at the start, Alan Ruck. When I saw his name in the credits, I was so excited. But then, literally, his lines were just quoting famous novelists. What a waste of time as, as a father of a character. Like I couldn't care how many novelists yeah. he knows. Waste of time. Um, I mentioned this earlier, but they used like they used the word lesbian, trans, and hermaphrodite as insults throughout, as as negative connotations, not necessarily insults. And I thought that was a really poor form from a film that's looking at an inclusive topic of um, you know body image, and they're happy to you know mm. have a, a person in a classroom call out another kid about being trans. Like it was just disgusting. I thought that was horrible. That's um, a great call. Someone really yeah. needed to rethink that. Um, the career counselor, like I thought, the advice she gave was pretty good, but she didn't end up doing anything except getting a recommendation from her poetry teacher in the end. So what a waste of a time. Like what? Yeah. Woeful. Um, text, the, the text, the text messages. Oh my goodness. I could barely read them. Um, and I know on previous podcasts, I've complained with the, the films that put those text uh, messages. Text on screen. Yeah. yeah. Text on screen. But in this case I needed, it. it was so cheap and nasty. It was like, I was like squinting. I had to pause it at stages <laughs> to, to read what the conversation was. And the follow on from that was, um, there was this longest lamest scene where they were going backwards and forwards texting. It just dragged on and on and they're playing this music mm. to build the tension. I'm like, I really don't give a shit. Um, really frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> One of the lines from, um, from Jamie was that 
I love football because every game is a story. There's heroes, there's villains. It's like poetry. That's one of the grossest lines I've heard in a film. Like disgusting. That yeah, they tried so hard with him to make him just like this yeah. guy is perfect. <laughs> that that song that was meant to be Sierra's apology. I don't know whether I was like not listening properly, but I feel like I didn't get to hear the whole thing till the credits. Um, I'm, and I wasn't impressed mm. by it. I was like, this is that yeah, big was... song. If they, if they had have had her actually sing it while showing some actions of what people were doing, then maybe that meet up with her and Jamie at the end would have been more believable. Cause that completely was not believable at all. Um, yeah. I don't think the song, it, it was, it wasn't as groundbreaking as, as it might've been. It was, it was meh. Netflix released um, a, a video for it on YouTube if you do want to watch it. Um, okay, good to know. All right, time to talk about some, what this film was saying. What are some themes or some ideas that you've got? <clears throat> yeah, and this is what this is what I did like about the film is that it did look to tackle these issues and, and they are one of the important issues. I think that what, what, what's good about a film is when you can relate to it and when you find this... Yeah, something that is distinctly human to the way that you lived your life as well. And I think it does this quite well in, in some respects. But the idea of looking at first love and that, that feeling that you get when you've got that crush and what you would do and how that it consumes your life and watching on it doesn't seem like the biggest thing in the world. But in, in, you know, in your own four walls, it is the biggest thing in the world. And I think they captured that quite well. But then that idea of feeling like you don't stack up, like you're not worthy, um, that's the crux of this film. And that's something that I don't, I think they, I think it's great. they made a film about this. I don't think they handled it all that well. I don't think people are going to look at Sierra Burgess and go, you know what? I'm going to do what she did because it's probably not the right way to, not the right way to behave. And um, there's, there's a couple of other things about being, being true to yourself. And, you know, if you, if you look at her, when she is true to herself, apparently it really does work out for you. No matter what you do, you <laughs> true to yourself. So I don't know if you could read into that as that's what they're trying to say. It's not as clean, but I guess it works if you can eventually do it. If you, if you write, poetry um, and, write poetry and sing songs, you're being authentic and you're living your life and being yourself. So you should do that. Um, yeah. If you make they, some mistakes, as long as you own up to it, you'll be sweet. Well, she didn't even own up to it though. She didn't even like, there was no consequences for her actions. And that was frustrating as um, no, there was. I get, there was this little bit too about this body positivity, I guess, where it, it doesn't matter what you look like, but at the same way, this film probably didn't deal with it how they should have, because I think, what was his, his line at the end? Oh, I, I had it written down somewhere, but it was like, literally um, his line was like, you know, Oh, you're not the type of girl I go for, but you know, um, I like it anyway. It was just, because <laughs> that's the thing this is a guy who at the very start walks over to the booth because veronica's smoking hot that's that's what he's into ah, here we go so he says um even though she isn't everyone's type she's still exactly what i'm looking for so it's pretty much saying that despite she's fat he's still into her like it's just such a poor way to end the film yeah i'd be so curious to see how this was supposed to play out if they got the budget they wanted yeah all right. Um, what did you take away from this one? Uh, look, I, I've actually said this a fair bit now, but the themes and the messages and even some of that relatability of those little moments really does resonate. Um, the story and some of the details don't come together as nicely, but it's, it's a rom-com that just misses the mark on these things. Like I think the entertainment level is actually kind of there. Like it, it's, it's an easy enough movie to watch. I wasn't watching this film 
hoping it was going to finish. I wasn't watching this film, probably even picking up as badly as I am talking about it now. I, it was it was an easy enough movie to watch from an entertainment perspective. Um, and I also will take away from this film, and I'll take away from a lot of films, that the bedrooms that, that teenagers have in the USA are just unreal. Like, they have these sick setups in their own bedrooms. And I just, I, I wish I had had that when I was a teenager. It would have been great. Pick up, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't want my kids watching this one. Like, it try, like we mentioned, it tries to have this message about looks not really mattering, but it did it in such a wrong way that it just didn't work. So, um, I, yeah, I can't really recommend this, um, at all. Okay, yeah. I'm IMDb time. Did you jump on for IMDb to check everyone out at all? I, I jumped on for Leah Thompson, um, despite having watched Back to the Future in the last six weeks. I was like, who the hell's that? <laughs> She's familiar. Um, and it was, yeah, Leah Thompson. So I actually jumped on as well for the teacher, the poetry teacher, because I thought that she was um, in the first Annabelle movie and she wasn't. And then she's in a bunch of stuff that I can't even remember now, but she's familiar. She's in tons of stuff. But um, yeah, I, I jumped on and I got it wrong. I, you, you already mentioned one of mine. I've, um rj siler playing dan i needed to check out who he was and he was the the blue power ranger so that was where i'd recognized him he's so good film. in power rangers hmm, i really enjoyed that film um a good teen film actually it's a really good teen film yeah the true. other one i jumped on for was and i just wanted to confirm that i got this one right and that was for veronica's mum. um is the i was like it's the chick from this is us the tv show and um it was uh, um so I, so i got that one so i was happy with myself for that well okay done. question time do you have any questions you want to ask well, it's funny because when I wrote this question down, I was looking forward to the discussion, but having heard you talk about it, I think it's a super obvious answer. Um, is Veronica a better person than Sierra? Yes. <laughs> that's, it's not that hard to work out. Uh, yeah. Okay. And I don't yeah, think no. that's what the director wants you to think either. Like, I don't think it's supposed to be that clear cut. No, no, that's, um, yeah, that's a, it's a good question if, um, if you connected with Sierra, I guess, if, if as, as an audience member, if you like get to the end, you're like, Oh, I'm so happy that she ended up with who she wanted to be with. Then maybe. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Good question. Yeah, true. Um, I just wrote down the questions that they asked in the movie. Cause I felt like we used to do this very often um, early in our, um, we did, didn't in we? our podcasting yeah. days. So I was, there was a stage where um, I think to get to know each other on the phone or some stage, they're asking each other random questions. So um, what flower? Oh, I can't remember like them. Go on. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. I remember I remember hearing this one thinking, I have no idea about any flowers. That if someone asked me that, I wouldn't know how to answer it. And here we are. I'll just go with that. Whatever the flower in Beauty and the Beast is where the petals fall off the rose. Was it a rose, I think? I, I think that's a rose, yeah. I would, the rose is the one that everyone knows, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that I'm a rose. <laughs> All right, the other one was, um, what animal would you be? Oh, goodness. Um, I don't know. Like, hippos are pretty cool. They can Aggressive. they can run pretty quick. They can mm-hmm. they can like walk under the on the water and breathe underwater. So hippo, yeah, I'll go for hippo. That'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. Where are you? I probably should have thought about this when I wrote the question down. <laughs> <laughs> not easy. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, I'd probably uh, I'd like to be a little puppy dog that likes cuddles. Just just in the yeah, well, I was just thinking that. My dogs have a great life. Like at the moment with us in isolation, they have the best life ever. They think this is just amazing. We're home all the time. They go for two walks a day. Like it's unreal. Um, the other one was, what's your favorite movie? Did they ask that, did they? They did, yeah. 
Yeah. I think Die Hard think... may have been one of the was one of the answers. I can't remember. Oh, that's right. I think yeah. he just said that because he wanted to sound cool. Yeah. yeah, sound manly. You all may have the same favorite movie, don't we? Shawshank, I think. Mm. Possibly, yeah. We do. Yeah, we do. Yeah. All right. Well, um, time to wrap this one up. I think where we give our rating, uh, the film a rating out of five to give it a flicks from average. So MJ finishes off. Yeah. So the the movie itself. Sorry, the movie had itself on the uh, on the right track, but it derailed itself really quickly. Uh, it had me questioning how well the ending actually fits plot-wise and, of course, morally. Um, so that wasn't ideal, but otherwise it was entertaining enough. It was a nice portrayal of those deep, dark high school feelings that we all know. Uh, it's two stars for me. Nice. Two, two. Did you drop that from your original um, rating that you gave it? I did, but as I, as I said to you, like I don't even yeah, remember, remember like watching yeah. it. So when I when I went into Letterbox, I'm like, ah, oh, I gave it two and a half initially. Good on me. <laughs> Here I am. Good. Um, yeah, I, I thought this was ordinary. Um, after I finished it, I was like, ah, oh, you know, this is one of those forgettable Netflix teen films that we've looked at before. And then, like I mentioned, mm. going back over my notes and looking at some of the insults and actions of Sierra, um, I can't believe that people didn't stop at stages of production of this film and be like, mm, you know, maybe we should change that or maybe we should try and make our protagonist redeemable in some kind of way, which uh, no one obviously who worked on this film thought would be a good idea. So I'm giving this one a one and a half out of five, which gives us a 1.75 average. I wonder how much of that was, you've probably potentially got this crew who's been invested in this film for a long time. They've, given the green light to make it all of a sudden everything's got to change. They've got to get it done. And eventually they've just like checked out and been like, you know what, let's just do it. And we know that Netflix doesn't have a very, doesn't have a lot of red tape around what you want to do. You've got the license to make the film how you want to make it. And I guess in this sense, that's where it probably let them down a little bit. Netflix and, you know, Ian Samuels and his team. Based on the the numbers that we saw earlier on Letterboxd and INDB, Netflix probably aren't complaining with the amount of people that have, I've seen this, I guess, as well. I think but the I Noah Centeno factor would have factor. made a huge difference. And obviously the, the girl from, sorry, Sierra Burgess. Um, Stranger Things. Yes. And then like, she was like, that was the heat of Stranger Things when that came out as well. I think season one. So sorry, Shannon Purser is her name. Um, I remember when, when I first watched this, I was like, oh, it's that, it's a girl from Stranger Things. Uh, I didn't know Noah Centeno at the time. And that, so that was something as well. So I reckon that's got a lot to do with it. To do it. Yeah. Good. All right. Well, um, we have socials, we have Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The question that I wanted to pose this week, just based on um, a couple of the, the cast members in this one, what's, what's a better film, Back to the Future or Ferris Bueller's Day Off? <laughs> I'm going to say what's better, this or Back to the Future. Um, <laughs> that's a great question. That is a very, very yeah. good question. And yeah, I, I don't have an answer for that. They're both equally as good. Yeah, I don't have an answer either. They are two of my favourite films I've, I've have taught and I teach both these films um, and I love them both. So I, I can't split between the two. You're not going to add Sierra Burgess to that list of uh, films you're going to teach Jesse. No, I don't want to lose my job. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, we are, we will be back again next week for another film. Mm-hmm. And um, we've got a, another foreign film or an international film next week. It's the okay. 2018 Italian drama on my skin. It's directed by Alessio Cremonini um, and it stars Alessandra Borghi or Borshi and Jasmine Trinka. So that's what we've got okay. next week on my, my skin. skin. I will give it a go. Same here. Um, thank you for taking the time out to have a chat about 
that one, I think that was a, a fun one to talk about. I think we've probably benefited ourselves from talking about it. I think otherwise we would have watched it and moved on. And I think there's probably a bit to take out of this one that we might've missed initially. Yep. And I would have just been sitting here with all this anger going, I need to get this out. <laughs> Don't know why. <laughs> uh, I'll see you next week. No worries, mate. See you then.